My name is Jessica Knapp, and I spent the last uh, 14 years doing youth ministry, and last year um, transitioned into campus ministry. Um, so starting in the fall, I will be the associate campus minister uh, with the Ambassadors for Christ. And um, so I feel like I have a little bit of an understanding about youth ministry and campus ministry um, from both sides. And uh, today I want to talk about um, the importance of collaboration. So um, this semester I'm taking my practicum at HST and ministry and I'm doing it in uh, campus ministry and one of the things that I have found out thanks to my DISC profile is that I like to collaborate with people, which wasn't really a surprise. Um, but uh, I'm here mostly to tell you that I want you guys to like collaborating with people, so even if that's not your DISC profile. Um, I kind of assume that you're here because you like young people, or at least um, you have a heart for youth or campus ministry and have an understanding about the value of those things. Uh, if that's not you, uh, maybe you're my parents and you came, so, so thank you. Um, but maybe you want to have a t discussion about what's important about youth and campus ministry, and that's not what this talk is for, but I would love to have coffee with you afterwards because I think there's great power in what we do, and I'd like to tell you about that. Um, these are a collection of pictures. I, I mostly grabbed them from um, the album I was creating for my seniors. So, so everybody, you know, all these pictures have seniors that have graduated from my youth group. But um, interestingly enough, there's pictures all over the place of college students also sitting in here because we work really hard in Tucson to collaborate between the two groups. Um, here's the deal. We have a problem. We have a problem in youth ministry and it, well, um, it's actually a human problem. We don't like change. Um, and it's, it's sort of nature, human nature to avoid change at all costs. And in youth ministry, this manifests itself in lots of different ways, but specifically it manifests itself in two ways. The transition out of the youth group is hard. Um, and, and we see one of two things happen. Either youth don't want to leave the youth group, and so you know you see 20-year-olds begging the youth minister, oh, I just want to go to this class or stay here, or I, you know, I don't have anywhere else to go. Um, or you see, youth just up and leave the church after graduation. And if you've read any of the youth Fuller Institute um, documents or the Barna group, you'll know that that's not just our denomination. That is a, a widespread issue. And the numbers range depending on what you read and how you read it. Somewhere between 50 and 80, 90% of our youth uh, wander out, graduate from high school youth group and, and wander out of the church. Some of them come back, uh, most of them don't. Um, so we have this problem, right? We're not doing a good job of this transition between youth ministry and what comes next. And um, there's a lot of discussion about why that's the case. Uh, there's some people that make the case for the fact that, well, youth ministries are this big program and, and we really cater to them and we don't actually teach them how to be members of the church. Um, there's something to be said for that, but there's also something to be said for catering to people where they are. Um, there's also some arguments about, well, we just need to do this better, this better, whatever. What I want to talk to you about today is um, a potential solution. It's not going to fix everything, but it will help us on both sides of the spectrum. So here's a variety of campus ministries. And later in the talk, I'm actually going to show a map 
of all of the campus ministries associated with the Church of Christ across the United States. Um, and, and one of the things you'll notice is that I, I specifically did not grab uh, campus ministry logos from any of our Christian schools. There are some campus ministries in our Christian schools, and, and they do a really good job of recruiting. They have entire budgets to send kids to camp, to be your camp counselors and to send kids, you know, one by one comes and visits all the churches to recruit and things like that. But, but we have 125 state schools who have very active, vibrant campus ministries that provide um, a campus experience akin to what you would get in a Christian college within a state school. Um, there's upsides to that. It allows you to have a state school tuition and a Christian school experience. It allows you to have majors that our Christian schools don't provide. Um, and so, and it, it, part of the reason I'm giving this talk is because there's some basic statistics. I can't tell you about every state, but in the state of Arizona, if you go on to college, 80% of you will stay in the city that you graduated from. So in, that means if, you're, if you grew up in Tucson, you graduate from a Tucson high school, and you choose to go to college. Now we have really abysmal rates about who's going to college. So, um, but if you choose to go to college, 80% of those who choose to go to college will stay at the University of Arizona. And, and that is the same for Phoenix, it's the same for Flagstaff. Um, so the reality is, and, and that number is not significantly different if you go to other states. Um, I just don't have the statistics for every single state, but the majority of the kids in your youth group, whether you like it or not, are gonna go to a college that's in your state. It's, it's just fact. And so, please don't hear me say don't promote Christian colleges, because if you ask the campus minister I work with, I'm very passionate about Pepperdine and promoting Pepperdine. I do so all the time. But the reality is, in 14 years of youth ministry, I got three kids here. And that's it. And that wasn't because I didn't have qualified kids. It wasn't because we didn't work hard. It wasn't because I wasn't passionate about Pepperdine. It's just the blatant reality of what people can afford and what students do. So given that, <coughs> it makes sense to collaborate with your local campus ministry. And I wanna talk about what collaboration looks like. Um, I'm just gonna say up front that not all situations are the same. Um, everybody's gifts are kind of different, so when you come to the table to collaborate with people, you come, you know, interested in what their gifts are and what they bring to the table, what your gifts are and what you bring to the table. So um, our situation in Tucson is um, pretty unique in that our campus ministry um, was supported by multiple churches in the area. And so it wasn't necessarily housed out of one single church and we don't have a student center. Um, and so the other thing that I think is unique, although I think there's pockets of this, is that our campus ministers in the city um, work pretty well together. And because we had a good relationship among the, among the youth ministers, that allowed us to do some collaboration with the campus ministry. Um, to be honest though, we didn't actually start it, the youth ministers didn't. Um, the, uh, the campus ministry, years and years and years ago, began hosting a back to school lock-in at the university. It was held in the rec center. They invited all of the kids from all of the churches that were their supporting churches, along with all of the kids from the churches that are of a little tiny rural churches three, four, five hours out. The purpose was 
to bring them to campus and get them to see what it looks like to go to a university campus. And um, we would have 100, 150 kids, which doesn't sound like much if you're from the Bible Belt, but in Southern Arizona, that's huge. Like, that's crazy um, to have that many kids. And they would stay up, you know, all night because it was a lock-in, um, playing games at the rec center and the basketball courts were running. There were movies running and it was a little chaotic. Um, but the campus ministry kind of took that first step to bridge the gap and reach out to the youth ministers. Um, you know, personnel changed and that didn't, uh, that didn't stay. But um, several years later, our youth ministers began inviting our campus minister to join us for stuff. Um, we're really blessed. Our campus minister likes to lead singing. He's good at it. Um, and that's not necessarily my gift. So um, we'd say, hey, we're having a fall retreat. Will you come lead worship? Hey, we're doing a youth rally. Will you come lead worship? Hey, we got this youth event. Why don't you come lead worship? And, um, and it wasn't just let's use the campus minister because I do not advocate for just using people. <laughs> but uh, hey, why don't we give you an opportunity to talk to our teens? Why don't we give you an opportunity to build relationships with them? Why don't you come up to camp and be the counselor in the cabin with all the seniors? Um, so you have a chance to get to know them before they're headed towards your ministry. And our campus minister has been very gracious and given us hours and hours, maybe too many hours of his time but he has done a large part of that. Alongside that, we started inviting college students to be part of our group. Um, we asked them to be chaperones. Uh, I don't know if you've tried to get uh, chaperones for a lock-in before, but um, I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, lock-ins are rough, especially between like 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. Um, and college students are okay with those times, and so um, college students make great chaperones for uh, lock-ins, but they're also awesome. I, I love this awesome story. I was driving a group of kids to Las Cruces, and I have a youth group that was um, pretty broken at the time, and I have one of my college kids is uh, sitting in the front seat, and, and um, a whole bunch of teens in the back, and there's this discussion going on. One of the teens is angry at his mom. He comes from a divorced home. Mom and dad are fighting. And he thinks mom's making a bad decision. She's moved some guy in. And then pretty soon another kid pipes up. His parents are also divorced. And his dad's making some rough decisions. And he starts. And pretty soon I have six kids in my van that are talking about the difficulties of watching your parents make bad choices. And I'm driving. This is not a time for me to be able to, like, say anything of value without, like, causing an accident. Um, and that's really frowned upon. So, thankfully, my kid sitting in the front seat, who's a sophomore or junior in college, chimes in. She had dealt with what it was like to be in a single parent home, and she had experienced some of this stuff, and she spoke wisdom that I couldn't even say. And it was beautiful to watch her minister to this group of kiddos that was just two or three years younger than her, but she had gained a little maturity and she'd gotten through a couple years of college and she I mean she was my hero that day but the other thing is she connected and those high school kids followed her I mean I might as well not have been on that trip because the minister was my college student not me and that was a beautiful experience to watch what happens when you let God show up in the van and you just drive and make sure there's no accidents 
And so um, our college students have stepped up to the plate. They have been chaperones, they've been camp counselors, they have been prayer partners, they have stayed up for lock-ins, they have done all the registration for youth rallies, they have wandered with me on mission trips, uh, they've been covered in sand at the beach on our beach day for the mission trip and they put up with it because I wouldn't have. Um, they're awesome. But we also, uh, the campus ministry reached back the other direction and invited all of our um, seniors to, to join them for their spring retreat. And so as I'm describing this situation, you can begin to see that there's a give and a take. We're not using the campus ministry. We are using them. But I'm really, I'm using them because they have gifts that they can use, and I want to provide them opportunities to do so. But also, um, we're providing for them a natural um, way to build relationships before those kids head to college. Now, I also want to have a little caveat here. Um, the, youth, the youth rally I did for 14 years, every single year I called every single college recruiter in the Christian colleges and said, I have a table for you. Will you send somebody? Will you send brochures? Will you send information? I want our Christian colleges represented. I, I want our kids to be interested. Um, but alongside that, I put our local campus ministry. And so Jesse got to hand out t-shirts and, and get kids to sign up just like Pepperdine handed out, well, they didn't hand out t-shirts because they're cheap. They handed out pins. Um, but Harding handed out t-shirts because they're looking for students. Um, and, you know, Lipscomb sent bumper stickers. But you get the idea, right? Every table had something, and every table gathered information. And, and we wanted our local campus ministry to be a part of that as well. Um, so um, I wanted to talk about some benefits of this. And there are some disadvantages, but I, I really... Um, there's not very many, to be honest. Um, and so if you have questions, you can ask that. This is a picture um, of camp two years ago, and there are three uh, youth ministers there from uh, three different churches in our campus minister. And um, Jesse helps us plan camp. He teaches, he's a counselor, he leads worship, um, and, and he gets to know our kids really well at that week. Um, I would say the benefits to your youth ministry if you choose to do this. Well, as I've already explained, college students are awesome. Um, and they're natural allies for youth ministers. Um, they provide camp staff, retreat staff, lock-in volunteers, mentors for students, and they enjoy it. Um, they're well suited to mentor people that are just a few years behind them. Um, the other benefit to you and to your ministry is that youth ministry can be kind of lonely. Um, if you're a youth ministry, you probably understand that. It's, it's difficult to build relationships with the parents of your teens. There's not a, a lot of way to be transparent in that respect. Um, there aren't a lot of folks who understand what youth ministry looks like from the inside. Um, people wonder why you haven't graduated to a real pulpit job, unless you're a girl and then they understand. Um, but, you know, you get the point. But the truth is, campus ministers get this and so much more about the job that you're doing. And so campus ministers have a great level of understanding of what youth ministry looks like. The only difference is they don't know what it's like to deal with parents because they don't have those. Um, at least not often. The benefits for the students. I think that's the next picture. Yes. Oh, well, that's... Um, you know... Students are just like all other humans, change is scary. And um, 
when students already know the campus minister and they already know the students in the campus ministry and they've already been to a retreat with you and you and they already know these kids because they've been on the trips with you and they've been at the youth rally with you and they've seen you interact with them um, it allows for sort of a natural transition it's an exit strategy that makes sense it's less scary when you know what you're headed to next um, this is relational and it's healthy because we all know those 20-year-olds that sit in your youth group class don't belong there. And they disrupt the leadership that you're trying to cultivate in the younger crowd. And, uh, and without meaning to, they're not necessarily bad kids, but they need to be in a place that's suited for them. Um, so the other thing this does is, you know, the Fuller Youth Institute has come out with Sticky Faith, and if you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. But one of the, one of the research points they brought out is the value of building relationships among between teens and other members of the church. And they, they talk about intergenerational relationships being incredibly important. Um, building relationships between my teens and my college kids is vital for my teens figuring out what it looks like to be a college student and be a member of church. And if I want my teens to be active members of the church while they're in college, I need to give them a model for what that looks like because there isn't a youth group. Those of you that are campus ministers in the room know that campus ministry is not youth group. It's, there's, some, there's some things that look similar, but it's not the hand-holding, it's, it's not the same. Um, and so this provides sort of a natural transition for students. Um, yeah, and it provides an opportunity to see what it looks like to be an engaged college student in the church. Um, this is a picture of all of our college students that were at, that were staff at camp that particular year. So you see we have quite a group of college students that came. Um, and I would say there's a huge benefit to campus ministers and the campus ministry to participate in this collaboration. First of all, it's a great recruiting tool. You know they're coming to your university. Why not get to know them before they show up? Or, you know, they may be headed, they may be trying to decide, am I going to go to your university or am I going to some community college or maybe I'll just stay at home or maybe I won't go to college at all. And this is an opportunity to say, come, join us, be a part of what we do. It's really exciting. You know, we have all these great things. Um, it gives college students an opportunity to serve in ways that match their gifts. College students can stay up all night. They really can. I've done it with them a lot. Um, but they also really like having theology discussions with younger kids. Um, and they like serving. What I don't want is our campus ministry to be the group that always has to help the old people move. Because you know, you youth ministers and campus ministers, you know that that's what happens, right? Oh, you know, Grandma Betty needs to move. Who can move her couch? Oh, well, the college group's available. Um, or the youth group's available. And so this is an opportunity to serve and be engaged in a church activity that's not moving furniture. Um, and I think that's important for our college students to engage in ways that are um, evangelistic in nature rather than service-oriented. Um, and obviously it gives your, um, you as the campus minister a chance to minister to your college students as they minister to the teens. So I, I think Jesse can answer this later um, when we have an opportunity for questions, but 
I think he's had some great late night discussions at our fall retreat when everybody else is in bed and all of a sudden the college students are still up because they're up and we made the teens go to bed because they have a bedtime. Um, parents, uh, but uh, it gives it gives the campus minister a chance to kind of gather all of his campus students in different settings and spend some time with them, and sometimes spend some time debriefing what happened in your small group today. We we had a college kid at the youth rally who refused to wash feet when we were doing the wash feet thing, and uh, gave us a chance to sit down and say, "Hey, what happened in your small group?" You guys sure washed feet really fast. And your towels weren't very wet at all. Um, so it gives us just a chance um, to connect with campus students in a different environment. Okay, um, some caveats. Not everybody gets to participate. You guys have all had that student that didn't want to leave the youth group and so they apply to be camp staff so that they can go to camp again. Um, and that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, that has been a journey for us to figure out how to weed out those students. Currently what we do is um, we require students who want to come back as volunteers to write an essay about their spiritual journey and their walk. Uh, we sit down and talk with them. Uh, are, are you engaged in the campus ministry? What have you learned? How are you actively involved in um, working on your faith? What are you doing to improve your own spiritual walk? Because we, we don't want to just add another cabin of people that I have to work with at camp. I need people that can come alongside and work with me. Um, we make clear that our purpose is spiritual growth. We highlight this, this essay. And it's funny because just making the essay assignment even a few of them have refused to do the essay, but in doing so, like I think the essay assignment has actually been very effective. I think it highlights the importance of transitioning out of the youth group and into the campus ministry without saying that up front, um, because they have to write about what they're doing and what their journey is. Um, I think it makes clear to them that it's expected that they have spiritual growth. You can't end your senior year in high school and just just be like that kind of Christian, because that's not, that's not our purpose. Um, it allows us some flexibility to prioritize students who actually do ministry. So um, if I have several applicants, now sometimes I don't have enough applicants, and I don't care what you write in your essay, just don't tell my college students that. Um, but, <laughs> um, but when I've had more applicants than I've had positions, I've been able to say, you know, I really ap appreciate you applying. I want you to work on what your essay is going to look like for next year. I want you to think about your spiritual journey for this coming year and apply again. Um, you know, maybe sit and meet with Jesse, have some lunches with him, and, and really talk about where you're at and what you're doing, because um, we really like you, and we love that you were part of what we did in youth ministry, and we want you to be able to come and be a volunteer, but we need you to have um, some spiritual growth, some fruit that we can see before you get to be on our staff. Um, and this obviously keeps us from having to add to our workload. Uh, and really, collaboration is intending to help not hurt, right? And, and so uh, I know that what I've just described is a lot of time. I, I, the campus ministers in the group are going, oh, that's like a week of camp and a weekend out of a retreat and a weekend of a youth rally. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I know, I did it as a youth minister. Uh, no, but uh, I, 
there's something about the investment. We want the investment to be worth your while. And in the, so we don't want to just add to your workload. And I don't want you to add to my workload. Um, we, we need to help each other, not hinder each other. And in that sense, what I've just described about what happens in Tucson is not what you necessarily have to do. It might look different in your location. There's a couple of cities that have multiple campus ministries. It might be that you ask all of them to come participate in different things, or it might be that you connect with just one campus ministry and say, we're going to connect here. Um, and, or it might be that you're really gifted in song leading, but you hate devos. Well, then give your college students an opportunity to, you know, give some devos and, and, uh, and let your campus minister guide that in, in how that works. We've had several of our college students um, give our campfire devos at camp, and that's been really a beautiful opportunity for them to learn to share what it looks like to develop a devo, and we usually come alongside them and meet with them and we'll write it out, let's talk about it, what does it look like, and sometimes it works really well, and sometimes five minutes and it's done, and you're like, well, that's a quick one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so, I assume that if you're sitting here that you probably have a lot of what-if questions, like, what if there isn't a campus ministry, or how would I find one, or how do we even start this process? So I wanted to start with this map. This is a map of all of the colleges that have a campus ministry associated with the Church of Christ. Now you will notice there's a couple of states that are empty. Um, I wish that weren't the case. But I would guess if you're sitting in this room, you are from a state except for Nevada, sorry Nevada, <laughs> that you are from a state that has a campus ministry. And if you are not, I would encourage you to be in prayer about what's happening at the colleges um, in your state. The red are all of the Division One. there's a few other, but mostly Division One colleges that do not have a campus ministry. That's a lot of red up there. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of black. So if you're, if you're a youth minister, I want you to start thinking, I'm gonna go back to the black slide. I think I can go back, okay. Start thinking, where are the campus ministries that I can connect with? Where are your kids going to college? You guys know this, you've been doing youth ministry long enough. You know where your kids are likely to go. Where are they going? And can you partner with a ministry that's there? What if there's not? What if your kids are going to one of these uh, universities that's in red? Okay, my first thing is don't start a campus ministry. <laughs> don't. You cannot do youth ministry and campus ministry at the same time. I know a hundred churches that think that that's a great idea. It is the worst idea ever. Um, it, you will be a less effective youth minister and a less effective campus minister. But pray. There is a group of people um, at the Campus for Christ conference that is training up, raising up, and planting campus ministries. Um, if you are interested in having a campus ministry at the university where your kids are going and yours is one in red, be in prayer about it. Talk to somebody in the Campus for Christ conference. If you want to ask me for contacts, I'll totally hook you up, um, as will several other campus ministers that are in this room. But uh, be seeking folks that might be willing to do that. Um, I, think, I think a big part of 
the need we have in the Church of Christ is to focus our interest at this age bracket, right? Youth and campus ministry. And I think it's valuable to recognize where we are and where we're not. Um, so that would, that's my first recommendation to you is look at the map, figure out what's in your area. My second uh, recommendation to you is, okay, what kind of young adult ministry is happening in your area? So if it's a campus ministry, great, collaborate with them. If it's not a campus ministry and it's one of these red, you're in a college town and you're like, yeah, we have no campus ministry, be in prayer. Start, start thinking about, you know, start talking to your, your church leadership, your eldership about, hey, you know, there's guys training campus ministers. We could plant a campus ministry here. Let's, let's, start, let's start discerning if that's a good spot for us. Is that the right thing for our congregation? Okay, and if you're not in either of those situations, then what is happening with the young adults in your town? What are they doing? And how can you collaborate with them? Um, are young adults part of the church in your area? They should be. And if they're not, why not? Again, don't take this on if you're a youth minister. You cannot do youth ministry and young adult ministry. Again, that's, that's two separate jobs. But maybe it's time to be talking about your, to your elders or to your church leaders or to, or, or to maybe it's not your church. Maybe your church is the wrong fit for that. But maybe there's another church in town that is the right fit. Hey, guys, what are we providing for our young, young adults? How are they plugging into churches? What can we do to collaborate between our youth ministries, our campus ministries? Um, I would say... The reality is that the situation we have in Tucson didn't happen without collaboration among the youth ministers. So it takes, it takes kind of two pieces, right? It takes your campus ministry, uh, it takes collaboration between the youth ministers and the campus ministers, but the youth ministers have to get along for that to happen. Um, and so what are you doing to... Um, collaborate with your fellow youth ministers in town. Maybe there aren't any. Uh, I've spent the last year uh, with not a lot of youth ministers wandering around Tucson, um, but we have a, a great volunteer at one of our congregations, and we have a, a paid youth minister at another congregation, and so we're building those relationships and we're working on that. Um, it's hard work. It's a lot of food. Uh, youth ministers like donuts. Campus ministers, if you don't know that, youth ministers like donuts um, or chocolate, oh, <laughs> ice cream. We, hey, you like ice cream? We never went to ice cream all those years. Um, I was talking about what I make. Oh, that's true. Jesse makes ice cream. That's a good draw for youth okay. ministers. You're right. Um, so, really, I hope that what you're getting out of this is this um, sort of intended interest to build collaboration among the two groups. Um, so we have about 20, 15, 20 minutes. And what I would like to do is um, answer questions. And if you want to know what it's like on the campus ministry side, I'm going to bring Jesse up and he can answer your questions or he can sit there. But the recorder's up here, so come up. Yeah. Um, if you want to know what, like, what it's like on the youth minister side, Travis was part of our collaboration. I was part of our collaboration. Um, what I really like is to be able to answer some logistical questions and just have some dialogue about how we could do this in whatever places you're at.
So with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Yes? Are you aware of any statistics comparing the dropout rate among kids who go to uh, college youth programs uh, or college campus pro programs and those who do not? Dropout from what? From church? From church. I don't My question is sort of, does it do any good? So the data that I've seen is the transition between high school and college with the implication that once that if they stay in the church after that transition, after high school graduation, if they stay, they pretty much stay. Um, but I don't think I have good data. I mean, as a scientist, I don't have good data to back that up. But Fuller Youth Institute is focused really, well, I take that back because they're focused at 18 to 25. So they do have data for, they follow kids from 18 to 25. And if you'll read the Sticky Faith material, which I have, um, what they did is they looked at folks who stayed and distilled what are the <coughs> characteristics of, of the kids whose faith was sticky or where it stuck. Now, the implication of their stuff is if you're there at 25, you're there. But it's this transition from 18 to 25. And I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have that number at all. My anecdotal evidence would suggest that yes, it does matter. Um, the the students that come in and plug in with the campus ministry, and then stay and work with the campus ministry, have have a significant tendency to then transition to a church somewhere. Um, and then I, I also because I've been in, because I have been uh, working so closely with the youth group over the last eleven years, um, I I know that the kids who don't come and become part of the campus ministry significantly have a tendency to like they don't come to the campus ministry because that's when they're leaving they're, yes. they just they exit high school and they exit the church simultaneously when they come and they stay at the campus ministry usually after they leave they stay um, and you know that's 20 years of experience uh, yeah. so I, I can say a little bit about that too I'm um, uh, I work with the independent uh, Christian church campus ministries and it we're about the same. I mean, we have about 130, and um, I, I'm just so thrilled to meet you guys. It's just wonderful. I, I, the Campus for Christ movement is awesome. I just love you guys, and we're we're struggling because it's 85 percent. There's been research done at some of the seminaries. If you, they leave town, so like, I mean, if you have a kid staying in Tucson, the odds go up. But let's say they move, so they can't go home on weekends. They're at that place. It's about an 85 percent attrition rate. So we're losing. So, but uh, people, I don't think people in the church appreciate every year in campus ministry, it's like planting a new church because kids either get married, they move or something else. So it's like, if we don't have a 60% growth rate in campus ministry every year, we shrink. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough, but um, I don't know what the answers are. I was hoping you guys would tell me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> class part in this Great, thank you for coming, and yeah. I hope that you'll keep... Uh, this was just a, there's a resource. Um, Chuck Bomar is a, is a college pastor um, somewhere. I don't remember where he is now. He was with Francis Chan's church. Uh, but he's written some books. I think it's The Slow Fade is a book that he wrote. He wrote some um, uh, some statistics in there that I'm pretty sure are Barna, uh, Barna research. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, just off the top of my head, I think it was something around the 90% the of those students who do get involved in 
in ministry beyond college years are going to stick with it, and campus ministry is a big part of that. But um, I'm pretty sure Slow Fade is the name of that book. But he's slow got fade. the Slow Fade. He's got several. Um, I think that's Reggie Joyner with uh, Chuck Bomar. But it's a good resource. Thank you. Um, so I guess this is a question for both of you. Um, so what I see working in campus ministry is that kids that grow up in the youth group, um, when they come to the campus ministry, they bring some things from the youth group with them. Uh, well, and that, that's some good things and some bad things. So they bring that youth group mentality with them. And so what are some ways that um, as, you know, uh, youth minister or, or a youth minister or a campus minister like how can you work together to kind of prep the kids I guess like I think a big part of that is that our college kids model something different right and so because the campus ministry I mean some of it's fun right I like that my high school kids know all the songs and so we get to college and they know all the songs but I pretty much think it's an annual conversation at our spring retreat when my high school seniors are sitting around the campfire and they see the way that I interact with the college kids mm -hmm. versus the way that I interact with the high school kids. And some of it's silly because, you know, spring retreat has no bedtime, right? And right. my high school kids have never seen something without a bedtime. But Jesse's like, I don't care if you sleep, but you will be at breakfast and you will right. stay awake during right. classes. Yeah. And my kids are like, no way. Yeah. Well, you can stay up all night. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, at midnight, they're like, I am so tired. I'm like, good night. You know, but, um, but they get to see me in a different light because I interact with college students differently. I'm much more, I don't know, relaxed is maybe the right word. Um, terrifying. Um, but I, then I am with, with high school seniors. And because we have that, like, very transparent dialogue, and we kind of set the stage for what's going to happen in campus ministry. It's going to look different. But I don't actually have to have that conversation because they watch. The kids that we put in those positions, right. the kids that they see that are chaperones, the, the, you know, we pick those kids on purpose out of our campus ministry because they're going to model the kind of behavior right. that I want. Yeah. For, for us, though, sometimes the kids that show up to the campus ministry, this is their very first experience yep. with campus ministry. Yep. And so I guess, like you said, just have the college students and high school students like intermingle more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly the point of this class though, is yeah. that it, it, if that's the case, try to make it not be the case. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like try to make it so that their first experience with campus ministry is not the first day that they walk right. in. <laughs> to, to <coughs> campus, uh, you know, they come in on welcome week at campus or whatever, and, and they're like, oh, just like youth ministry. No, like, instead of that, have them already have experienced campus ministry in some sense, even if it's just a one weekend retreat where you invite them as seniors to come, you know, um, and if you have a good relationship with youth ministers around the state, then hopefully all you have to do is send one blast text message that says, you know, hey, this is when our retreat dates are, and then the youth ministers go, okay, here are my seniors, and I'm going to communicate that to them for you, you know. Um. I did not, this did not happen overnight. It didn't. Um, I was part of the campus ministry uh, in 99 to 2006-ish. Um, and in that time, we were doing that lock-in where we invited students, but we weren't really doing anything else. What year did you get hired? 
07. So um, he came in in 07, and our, the youth ministers were kind of getting along and having lunch and getting together at that point. Um, but we didn't necessarily know what kind of, we didn't know how to use Jesse in the right ways. We didn't understand what gift set he was bringing to the table and how to collaborate. So I would say that this has developed, I took four or five years, I think, to really get the ball rolling. And, and now there's an expectation. Now our college students expect to get to come on some youth trips. And our youth kids expect to be, you know, to get to know the college kids. And so now that that sort of habit is already developed, it's a little bit less work. But there was definitely some time at the beginning where we had to figure out how to best. And Jesse's been, I mean, I can brag on Jesse a little bit. Jesse's been awesome because women in youth ministry have some issues. Um, and so sometimes I can call and say, Hey, somebody's getting baptized. Can you do the prayer? Because you know I can't do the prayer on that one. <laughs> you know, or, but, hey, I've got this thing going on, and you know that so-and-so is going to be there, so can you be in charge? Yeah. Um, and so some of this collaboration came out of necessity. Um, I don't have the right plumbing, and so I just had to borrow somebody's. Um, and and Jesse's been really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Jesse's been really awesome about stepping in when I needed that and and Travis was too and we had another buddy of ours who was a youth minister and so some of this developed out of necessity but a lot of it came through because we saw we had a bunch of kids that would come through the youth group and then just wander out and disappear and we were trying to get them to be more involved in the campus ministry and I mean they were even attending the U of A and they're not part of anything we were doing and so we just, I don't know that we were, you were probably more intentional than I was about stuff, but I don't know. I, mean, I came from a setting in, in Kansas. Uh, I went to Kansas State University, and uh, as college students, we really decided that we wanted to be part of what it was that was going on with the youth around in order to really try to help recruit more kids to come be part of what we were doing at K-State. Um, and you would not believe the pushback that we got from when when we tried to call the the local youth rallies that we had gone to as high school students, um, that the, those youth ministers and the people who were in charge of those conferences pushed back on us enormously, that just because we wanted to volunteer, we're like uh, we got like 15 people that would like to come and and help you in any way possible at your youth rally, uh, you know if you need song leaders, people to lead devotionals, security, uh, counselors, leaders. small group leaders, whatever. We've got 15 people who are willing to do whatever you want. And they're like, oh, we don't want people from the state schools to come do that. Okay, so that's kind of the setting that I came from. And so it was like, no, we have people from OC and York and Harding coming. We don't need you and we don't want you. That was, that was what we got. And it's fortunately, it's not been like that in Arizona. Like, we... We, we, I've never experienced quite the, like, uh, all of our kids must go to Christian schools sort of feeling that I got when I was in Kansas. That's just not the way it is out in the Wild West. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, it, led, it, it led me into kind of a, that my perspective coming in to begin with was just that of, I need to be as helpful to the youth ministers as I can so that I know these kids, so that I know the youth ministers, so that 
when these kids become college students and, inevit and inevitably a number of them come to U of A, that we have something going already. And so that, that's been one of my goals from day one because of my experience from where I came from. So. And the other side of that coin from the youth ministry perspective is I was like, I am not the savior of these kids. I need help anywhere I can get it. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I care about these kids and I want their faith to continue into college and this is a natural bridge mm -hmm. that God provides. And right. thankfully so. So partnership. Well it does seem like a whole lot of what this is is really the long game, you know, in terms of people that we've seen that have been, you know, in, in youth group, you know, kids have grown up to become college kids that are now planted in different churches across town. And those bonds that get grown over time that are still there are oftentimes so wonderful to see when there's that connection, you know, that's been kind of so so in terms certainly, you know, we it seems like we're always getting things ripped down, having to rebuild in terms of people getting launched off into whatever career they're going, but but it's also nice to see kind of the long-term growth as well. That I will say, I have a high school senior this year um, whose baby shower I attended while I was a college student. And, um, and we've already been talking to him about, you're, you're coming to join us at A4C, right? Like, we, this is what we got going. As soon as we're done with camp, you can be part of our campus ministry. That's our cutoff. That we do have, I didn't mention this in our notes, we do have um, some semi-strict, I don't know how strict we really are, but, but we are. You are part of the campus group only after the week of camp, after you've graduated. Now, before that, you're welcome to come visit. If you do a campus visit, you're welcome to be a part of our spring retreat for seniors. But we haven't really allowed, except for some, specific some very specific yeah. cases where we felt like it was better for the youth minister. It was in collaboration with the youth minister. Um, Travis and Jesse talked, or J Jesse and I talked about, hey, we've got this one kid. This is kind of a special case. What do you think about allowing this in this particular way? And, and that has... We've had two of those in 11 years. Yeah. So. Um, that has been really good. It's supportive of the youth ministry in the sense that I want my leaders to stay. I, want, I need my juniors and seniors to act like leaders because sixth graders are dumb. <laughs> Right? And so you need some of that to stay in your youth group because otherwise you kind of get through a class and go, I don't know, what was that discussion about? Um, and at the same time, Jesse's group needs to be able to have adult conversation. And if you have a high school junior or senior in there, that might not be the right place for them. So we've been kind of you know, strict about that, uh, except for like those two cases. Yeah. And really those two cases were, it was better for the youth ministry and, and for the student to let them be a part of the campus ministry. Any other questions? What time are we supposed to be done? I think 2.50, right? Nobody actually said, that's recorded. I think it says three. Is it, well, three is the next class, so you're supposed to have like 10 minutes to go, right? 15. Oh, 3.15 is the next class. Oh, yeah. okay. Then so we have 10 more minutes. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So are there other questions? Thoughts, ideas? Yeah. Well, it seems to me a little bit about what you're talking about is a little bit the way our, our school district works in that you have feeder schools from elementary to the middle schools 
then you have a group of middle schools that feed into the high school, then you have different high schools that feed into the university, and, and you're looking at churches throughout the community cooperating with each other, okay, so that by the time they're in high school, hopefully, ideally, all the high school students, because there aren't, at least in Reno, there aren't there, there are not very many churches of Christ high school students, so they could be doing things together, and then that leads on to UNR, UNLV, you know, feeding into that. That is exactly, and this is, I think, something about that, that maybe West Coast or Southwest, <coughs> West Coast specific, because I know in the Bible Belt there's different things going on, but certainly in Arizona, we maybe have 150 Church of Christ kids in the whole state, ages 6th through 12th grade. So to get a group of kids at anything requires collaborating with youth ministries all over the state. And that has been a significant effort. Um, I, I have driven to Phoenix for lunches. I have driven to fly, uh, Copper Basin is where? Um, Prescott. Prescott. Prescott for retreats. I have driven... Uh, all over the state, over to Las Cruces um, for a youth rally to try and build relationships with youth groups across southern Arizona. And so um, the hard part, at least for me, is you build these relationships and uh, like three years later, two years later, everybody changes, right? So um, youth ministers in Phoenix kind of get chewed up and spit out and switched and swapped all the time um, and so then you have to kind of start a whole new process of building new relationships and things like that um, and I do think that some of the relationship building we have done has has allowed for some longevity it's allowed uh, some of our youth ministers to weather some storms they might not have weathered otherwise um, because there's a support system because like I said youth ministry is lonely uh, and it's and I think this, I'm maybe speaking out loud here, but I think campus ministry has some of these same things, right? Campus ministry can be really lonely. There's not a lot of, you know, state universities that are next to each other. And if they are, they're rivals. So it's a little bit hard to like, um, and, and we're in this process now in the campus ministry of building relationships. There are four campus ministries in the state of Arizona. And we're working really hard to build relationships between the U of A and ASU. Um, which has provided some awesome um, opportunities, but is also a challenge. So, Gary? Do you guys see uh, much of a connection between the uh, age of the campus minister with regards to uh, his or her effectiveness? In other words, can you get too old to be a campus minister? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I've, I mean, I have noticed, because I, when I started um, in full-time campus ministry, I was 27, now I'm 38. Um, and I, I've noticed that I, I have to learn how to, I ha I've had to adapt over the years to um, being a different sort of relationship with the college students. And I, when I initially got here, I could, I could basically act like, I'm just a grad student. And in fact, I was. You know, I was... Yeah. I was a graduate student at Harding School of Theology, but I was a graduate student. I was 27. I was in that age range. 
Uh, and now, like, I mean, Jessica's a graduate student, but, like, when you have two, three kids and it's your fourth degree <coughs> and things of that nature, it's not quite the same. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't, I don't think it means you can't be effective. There have been guys who have been am amazing leaders. Uh, I was thinking about Jim Brinkerhoff. Yeah, Brinkerhoff was amazing until they were. I'm 62. I can't wait to get at the State College. I mean, I don't look back. And it's real interesting. Milt Jones is a friend of mine. And Milt. Milt was effective until he was. I'm telling you, Milt, even now, college kids, when I've been at events, Milt just draws kids to himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that you, you have a really good question because I lay awake in bed thinking, am I too old for this? You know, I'm not. Rick Rowland at New Mexico and, uh, State. Oh, yeah. And I That's think. Awesome. College kids can spot a phony who's just doing it because they can't do anything else. They can tell when you care. They can just tell that you really care about them. You want to walk through, you know, jobs and classes and relationships. They can spot that. And uh, you know, I mean, it was a wake-up call when one of the college kids says, "You're as old as my dad." I thought, "Oh, gee." And I thought they don't want a dad, but they do. Yeah. Right. Certainly, Scott so. Lambert was the campus minister here for 25 years, and I would say that his he was more effective in the later years than he was. He would say that he would say he was more effective in his last 10 years than he was in his first 10, because he gained some skills and developed. The other thing I would say is, if you guys are thinking about, we've talked about this planting a campus ministry. Um, there's there's some awesome stuff going on at Campus for Christ in terms of apprenticeships and training and um, building community with other campus ministers because campus ministry is kind of a wild animal and there isn't um, one of the things that that I've noticed as I begin this collaboration process there is not a Christian college in the Churches of Christ training campus ministers we don't have one either 35 yeah. of them and there's, you can't take one class in campus ministry yeah. there are some classes in campus ministry at OC and, and at HST but there is not a single um, college major. You, so you either have to major in youth ministry, youth and family ministry, or just in religion or ministry, Bible, Bible and then figure out this campus ministry thing. And so one of the things Campus for Christ is doing is opening apprenticeships where we're giving people experience under experienced campus ministers to try and provide them before they go plant a campus ministry with as many tools experience as possible to, to sort of do this without you know because otherwise you kind of drop somebody in the in the ocean and go oh good luck swimming you know watch out for sharks uh, and and that's you know people drown um, in terms of age though I, I there's there's several youth ministers and campus ministers out there the guy in Las Cruces has been there for 40 years as a youth minister mm -hmm. And he's amazing. And I've watched him work with teenagers. And I kind of thought, man, eventually Dave's going to get old. <laughs> but he still wears his Hawaiian shirt. And the kids think he walks on water. And uh, if you don't know Dave Harrelson, if you're a youth minister, you don't know Dave Harrelson, you should get to know him. Um, but he's, he's awesome. And he provides, he speaks wisdom in the lives of other youth ministers in nearby areas. I, I'm so blessed to be able to call him up and say, I got this situation with these teens. I have no idea what to do. And he, well, the last time that happened to me, you know, let me walk you through it. And so I do think that there's, a, um, there's this um, perception that youth ministers are the young guys and that eventually, and I think this is maybe true of campus ministry, that eventually they'll grow up and get a pulpit. And, and I think that's really 
a misperception. There are some people who are gifted at connecting with teens and they're gifted at connecting, or, or they're gifted at connecting with college students and those people should be in youth ministry or campus ministry regardless of their age. So I think that's... Can you speak a little more to, it sounds like you're talking about a, a national organization um, of youth ministers or... or Okay, there's two. There's there's actually there's a then um, there's a, a national conference for youth ministers, which is literally NCYM National Conference of Youth Ministry, um, that is hosted by OC. Right? Somebody tell me this. I it is I, um, the the professor over the youth ministry program at OC connects with the professor over the youth ministry program at Abilene and together they put on this conference and and um, it is awesome training if you're in youth ministry and you haven't been to NCYM go it's this year it's in Colorado in January Colorado Springs it's it's fantastic um, but the campus for Christ conference is campus for Christ is an organization of made up of campus ministers they have their national conference in the summer. Somebody tell me dates. <laughs> July, <laughs> something. Yeah, it's in Auburn this year. Um, and uh, it is a fantastic resource. It's a small conference. Um, and so everybody that's there is there because they love campus ministry. and Or they want to plant a campus ministry. Or they desire to know more about campus ministry. Um, and so it is a great opportunity to go if you are in campus ministry or thinking about campus ministry it's full of resources and information because there isn't there there isn't classes on how to do campus ministry and so that's where you can learn that yeah you, you didn't mention it in your talk but I saw in your photographs that camp plays a connecting part it, it, it seems to me that it would be an ideal thing where camp counselors ought to be the college students and uh, we draw our camp counselors from kind of three locations, from our, our local campus ministry, um, from the Christian colleges that they send them. Now, the Christian colleges are cutting back on this. We used to get Lipscomb students, um, several, several years we had Lipscomb students, and Lipscomb no longer has the program. Pepperdine no longer has their program. So, but uh, Christian colleges, our local campus ministry, and, and then the AIM program. We have had uh, AIM students every year and uh, I have to admit that I was not very excited about AIM students coming, and I have eaten crow every year because I love them. They are great. They're great helpers. And what is that? AIM is Adventures and Missions, and they don't have very many U.S. locations. Mostly they send their students to do two years of missionary work all over the world. There's AIM uh, programs that are in Mexico and in Ireland and I don't there's Bolivia um, they're, they're literally they're mostly international but there's a there's an AIM program in Phoenix the Central Phoenix Urban Mission that takes AIM students and there's one in the Northwest Does anybody know there's somewhere in Seattle Washington somewhere where we had some AIM students and so yeah there's I think there's one. so there's a couple of them that and so you would go and you spend two, you spend eight months training. It's it's part of it's not part of Sunset, but it's connected to Sunset. So you spend eight months training in Bible, and then you spend fourteen to twenty-two months on the field doing missionary work in whatever location you get sent. And AIM students are also a great way. But those are the three. That's the three places we get our camp counselors. And you're right. 
Well, okay, partly the pictures, the camp pictures are there because I have access to all those because I run the website. So that's, <laughs> there's a part of that. But, but you're right, camp is a big part of it because it's a week and we have our college students up there a week, we have our youth ministry students up there a week, and we have all the youth kids in, this, in Southern Arizona there. So it's, it's a great time for collaboration. But it sounds like, at least my experience with the Church of Christ is we're non-denominational, we're not connected to any other churches, but I hear you talking about national organizations and collaboration between churches, which I don't see very much of. I would encourage you to check out these organizations. They're good. And, and I think the guy OC that runs NCYM cares deeply about youth ministers because that's what he trains. And he cares deeply about continuing that training. Um, I, I don't think he would think of NCYM as an organization rather as a conference for all of his prior students to all come together and then he lets the others come in. Um, I think Campus for Christ is officially an organization, but I'm not exactly certain. I mean, it's, it's a loose-knit organization of people that like each other and have come together for once a year to talk about doing things for the same purpose. So, you know, um, it's all Church of Christ campus ministers. I mean, it's a totally voluntary sort of just whoever wants to come comes. Some people come every year, some people come some of the time. There are other campus ministers in Churches of Christ who have never even heard of it. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. And go meet your local campus minister or youth minister.